This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye of the sky. This is Seattle Overload. Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go. We're live and... Yes, it is the film review Seattle Overload, where we're going to unfortunately delve back into the 49ers tape. Although the good thing about tape, Griffin, is that it can provide you with moments of clarity and and sort of optimism. And you sort of realize, yeah, it looked bad in the broadcast, but on the glorious All-22, things weren't quite as bad. Yeah. Yeah, that feels like that's how it goes a lot doesn't I feel like we've said that about a lot of losses over the years um, or at least maybe like defense bad defensive performances um, in the, in the reaction pod I likened it to the Vikings game um, and the Vikings game was a game where you know they were just making mistakes left and right and everything and after getting through the tape on this one it felt less like they were making assignment errors than it was just kind of some guys just weren't playing that well that have historically played well and then the other part of it was just like them collectively not playing cohesively together like when everybody's just slightly off but all at the same time it adds up to an explosive play right like a a, should have been a four yard run turning into a 12 yard run or what should have been a two yard tackle for loss turning into a 50 yarder right um things things like that uh, it's clear that they're making some there's there's an adjustment period that is going on with the overall minor changes that's going on defensively um, but so that that's still an adjustment period that we're going to see them struggle through but if this is their Vikings game if this is as bad as it gets as far as, as it relates to the things that are within their control then I'm pretty optimistic about them, their ability to bounce back and w- what their peak ability can be um, moving forward and stuff. The other, the other kind of big picture part of this, and I don't know if this actually is affecting them in an explicit way as, as much as you might think, but they're only playing with the fifth, 20%, one out of five of the starting secondary that they had last year when they were at their best right now. Um, and like we'll get we'll unpack and, and get to, to the individual play of some of their players, but that that matters in terms of having continuity with everybody, especially things that are more like rule oriented and less kind of like one on one play oriented, you know. So so that's that's another variable at play too. But um, yeah, it really wasn't quite as bad as it looked on broadcast, and I thought I, I was just going to be like one of those games where like you tweeted, burn the tape, don't ever think about mm. it again, which is how I felt about that Vikings game. 
um, and maybe that Cardinals game too, that first Cardinals game. Um, so I don't know. Well, what was your general impression? Yeah, similar stuff. As I said, optimistic. And I guess starting with the defense, that optimism continues into just looking at the raw data. As we said yesterday, me and Ty, you know, the run defense, if you take out and you can't play, do this with football. And football, it's always fun to play the ifs, buts, and maybes kind of deal. But the run defense, if yeah. you take out that 51-yard Debo Samuel carry, like this, what, 3.1 yards uh, per carry average or 3.3, whatever it is, it's, it's under four, uh, it's, it's, it's on the lower spectrum of the threes. Uh, it's pretty good, and it sh- that should have been a tackle for loss. And then you look at the run defense tape, Griff, and th- there's things that they, you know, they they did really badly in the first half that they kind of go and correct. My big takeaway was, wow, these defensive linemen are like not doing a good job, particularly at shaded nose tackle with them running a lot of under fronts. Shaded nose tackle running under fronts, like they were like throwing um, a guy into the center's lap. Yeah. Into yeah. the linebacker's lap, sorry. They weren't keeping the center off the linebacker. And credit to the 49ers for stopping them climbing as well. Right. So the um so the, they're playing this this four two five nickel front right like they're not playing a whole lot of like three four and, and clint hurt talked about how you know you can have three down linemen or four down linemen but you're usually playing an under front structure or whatever right but i mean like even within that the 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 they're playing like true four two five stuff where like they're presenting a hard a gap bubble hard b gap bubble even if they're playing their under front structure out of their their three, four personnel, they're still playing heavier. They still have different body types out there than when it would, then when it's four, two, five. So like Puna Ford for my, in my opinion, is a really good run defender, but when he's tasked with, when, when he's tasked with the bubble and he's playing like a, a two I or even a three and, and he doesn't, and he can't get the assurance that he's getting a one-on-one, like he's just straight up losing losing the blocks he's getting scooped he's getting moved down he's getting comboed down the field um and and the linebackers don't have a chance of scraping over the top of that and that's when san francisco is playing is playing like heavy on on the tackles when they're not playing heavy and they're playing more like faster flow like a full flow zone principles where the front side guard isn't blocking back at all isn't helping at all and he's or the front side tackle or the front side center and he's just free releasing then uh, a linebacker, especially with two high, with two safeties deep, and the linebackers or li- alignments are trying to cheat, having to play kind of two gaps, sort of. Um, they can't get into that gap, so it's impossible with free release. So that means the defensive tackle has to replace that that offensive lineman who's left, um, and and you got to make the play then. So when we see like free runners getting up on the linebackers, it's the schemes kind of inviting that. So then the defensive tackles have to make the play, but Puna Ford was getting moved. If it wasn't Ford, it was Brian Mona. If it wasn't Mona, it was Jefferson. I mean, these guys were getting tossed in a lot of these drives. Really, the only guy who was consistently doing his job really was Al Woods. And this scheme falls apart if they can't get the gap control up front from Wait, it. So e- even Woods, like there were there's one play where he missed the center. This is this four two look you're describing. And one thing that the the 49ers did pretty damn good was Okay, Seattle wants Woods at the two eye, right? Uh, and they want Puna at the three tech. But then if this tight end goes across here, Seattle will reset the strength of their front. 
Um, and they'll put this 2i into a 3-tech because they want to play over and nickel in those even fronts Griffin's talking about. And they want to play the 3-tech in the 2i. Uh, so rather than have them r- switch sides, they just slot over, right? So then that puts Puna, uh, Puna in the 2i. And playing a 2i is a lot harder. It's what Griffin was speaking about last week on this show. Like playing a 2i and is you have to play heavier. It's not like playing a 1-tech where you just play down on the center. A 2i, if it's run towards you, which is what the, the 49ers were doing, you're really getting moved by the guard. You're, you're trying to knock back the guard, and the A-gap can get really wide as the center comes towards you too. And so Puna was kind of getting washed. Even when Pirate's stunting as well, which would just be like this, Puna's getting like washed down the field on those kind of Pirate stunts as well. So that that was yeah. concerning. And if I if I draw up the, the kind of under front that Seattle was running... The big thing I found was like they're trying to play under, right? And they're trying to play like cover three to it to so they can play uh, turn back, run through, turn back. Um but the but the one tech is <laughs> is like going on the guard. And so the the angle of like Brooks in the middle of the defense, he's getting cut off and then everyone's getting washed down, and then it cuts back off Brooks, where Brooks should be the guy who fills in, but he can't because the center's thrown into his lap. If it was the guard into his lap then he's a bit more backside and then the cutback lane's not there. Right. And, um, man, what's frustrating about this is that if they were actually playing more bare or more tight, more three, more three, four odd space structure, like they did last year against the Niners. And again, they did play some of this game, but when, when they played it last year against the Niners, I mean, they were, they were, their defense alignment were, were winning blocks. It's pretty similar personnel on both sides of the ball. The Seattle's DL was winning was winning blocks, and they weren't getting all these the this particular issues um, they're getting this game. When you present four down to Kyle Shanahan, his eyes get all googly eyed because you're giving him you're giving him bubbles, which is just meaning a, a bubble on the defensive line is where it's a gap that doesn't have a defensive alignment aligned in the gap, right? Um, so he's just attacking that with two back and then motion, making it difficult for the linebackers to know exactly which gap they have, putting everyone out of leverage. And it's just it's it's feeding right into his hands, um, into Shanahan's hands. So usually the way these matchups go is that Seattle and San Francisco typically look fairly well matched up, especially on both sides of the ball. But like especially Seattle's defense against their offense. Both teams execute really well. Like they give each other a really hard time. And this is a game where like San Francisco is giving Seattle the harder time, especially the first two quarters, but also they were, they were putting themselves at a schematic disadvantage. Um, And so. So, so like here, if we, if we just look at this, we have the one tech nose tackle, right? But the center was doing a good job of double teaming him with this guard. And then the one tech was going out here, right? So this guard is on the thingy, and this guy is coming up here. And as the linebackers flow across with the fullback, who then winds back, which was a big thing they did, this center is able to get to this linebacker, and then it just cuts back off this as these guys all get moved down, which was a problem they had. And then if if we look at the bear, you mentioned about if they'd run more tight. Well, what what actually stopped the run in the in the second half schematically, other than guys doing their jobs better, right? Right. Other than guys doing their jobs better, it was running bare fronts, and it was doing a strong 
So bare front, which is very like under. As I embarrass myself here. But it was running the bare front and then pirating to it, which I'll, I'll draw up right. in a second. But str And calling pirate to the strong side. And then it keeps the linebackers clean. They're clean to flow. But it also stops them climbing because you can't climb if, if there's movement right. coming towards you as a center. <laughs> right. So, so that begs the question, why are they playing so much four down in this game aside from aside from like that's what they want to be able to do this this year in general more well because the san francisco the, their tendency and gun is so balanced they they run so much but then they also play action and they drop back out of it so you've got three possibilities that could happen at any one point they want to be ready to be able to get their edges up field when they do keep pass so they want to stay, they want to be able to stay in an even front so that they can essentially be a pass first team, a pass first defense. Good in theory, but when you're getting gashed like you are, it, it really doesn't hold up. But then, so like that's the theory, but then we would still oddly, we would see then even against four down against under center when they would go under center. And then occasionally we'd see bare or odd or tight against gun so but again that was just because they were really trying to kneel down and get their you know get their shit together um in the second half and it, again like you said it worked but it's like okay now why are why are you guys under why are you guys playing four two five when they're in under center now like well why why is that happening so but maddie you had a thought because maybe it was just they wanted to play nickel for for when they did get past and they didn't have nickel bear or nickel tight installed well for that week what? or I don't know why that would week. have been though, because I I don't know why my light is going off. That's not great, but um, <laughs> it's a sign. It's a sign. It's an ominous sign. I will I will sort that out in a second. It's yeah. Um. The <laughs> I think you know part of this is they were preparing for Trey Lance. They came out in the first right. drive. They ran a six-two reduced over front, but with Cody Barson off the field, so it was technically four three personnel like there was four defensive tackles on the field yeah. two outside linebackers edge rushers and then jordan brooks in there it was more like a six one actually um and then obviously lance goes we only see it on the first two plays of the game right, right. um so that was slightly unusual <laughs> um so then you know the, the the whole nickel deal though I don't know why they didn't have a nickel bear, but then at the same time, when they played nickel and actually the defense tackles were playing better and Puna Ford did have a difficult time of it, but then they play nickel and they play weak rotated cover three, right? Cover nine. And they, they're able to play lever, spill lever, uh, like classic kind of over. And they pirated out of the nickel as well. Yeah. Three tech and the end going over that they actually fitted the run a bit better. I don't know why this isn't working, but I will hopefully it sorts itself out. Maybe it's, it's quite hot in here. That could be part of the problem. Uh, but yeah, so so it was just like, I think Clint Hurt described it as a horror show in the first half. Yeah. You know, I agree. And, and largely in the second half, until they broke just through, I think, fatigue, they kind of shut down everything San Francisco was doing. Um, this is this bear or tight front with the strong pirate because the tight ends over here. And these two guys caused havoc up here, keeping these linebackers clean to flow off the fullback. It, it really did... Uh, was a nice adjustment. So they've, they've got like tools in their locker and Pete Carroll mentioned afterwards, there was like schematic things. That's just going to keep happening. There were schematic things they could have done better. Well, mm -hmm. you know, in that instance, like, I don't know, like, 
I think it was just referring to the, the games up front, the tools, you know, which was lacking. Yeah. So here, for as much as we talked about, you know, the, 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 the scheme and then, or like the, the front they chose to play in and then the individual play of, of like Mona and, and, and Puna and everything. In spite of all that, as much as we nitpick that, if Daryl Taylor makes two tackles, then we're, it's the whole overall framing is, is way different. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. Now, did you want to talk more about the 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 scheming there, or do you have another thought there? Um, no, no. I think I think you've done well there. I think, yeah, it's just frustrating, but I don't think it will happen again. And I think the final point to make on that is tendencies are very like not existing at the moment, which is partly to Seattle's benefit, like in the red zone, which Carol acknowledged himself. Right. But then also, you know, like later in the season, when they have a bit more tendencies, they'll be able to game plan a bit better on defense for the 49ers. Like this won't happen at home to the 49ers. Right. Um, So, Let's let's talk uh, let's talk third downs because what are they doing on third down? What mm-hmm. are they leaning all the way into? They're a cover one team on third down right now. Mm. So, uh, which is pretty cool, and they're they're a cover one team with their fifth round rookie playing corner, Michael Jackson playing left corner, and Kobe Bryant playing nickel when you don't have Coleman on the bench, who's even able to get snaps at the moment. Because of because of an injury, and Josh Jones, yeah, which is cool because they have they have like actual coverage faith and coverage talent, and I feel like they're mixing it up enough, like coverage wise, that the one on one's not like obviously there. So teams haven't yet figured out how to pick on them in that sense. Right uh, now, I think Tariq Woolen would actually survive in 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 those kind of pick on situations. He'd definitely hold his own. Jackson, I don't know. I, I'm surprised that you... I, I didn't see as much cover one. I thought it was all like cover three. Like, it might have been some the matching. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Some of it was Ripley's. Um s- s- Single high, though, and they're playing tight coverage. Um, they don't feel like they have to blitz a whole lot or pressure a whole, or like green dog or red or, you know, blitz man blitz, man pressure a whole lot. Um, they're just essentially trusting their talent and on tape, they're holding up pretty well. San Francisco's numbers, they were what? 45% whatever what, on third downs, but then that's including penalties, right? Right. So you take out those penalties. I mean, they look really good on third down. And I think that demonstrates the overall health of the team or the, the overall like ability of, of their secondary to actually cover guys. Um, where, where they got their yards, San Francisco, where they got their yards in the passing game, otherwise was like communicate was like communication stuff, right? Um, yeah, that, I, that I can draw up that coverage bust. Yeah, go for it. It was the the fire zone, right, with Brooks and Barton. Yeah. Okay. Which I mean, like how is how the way to view it is Brooks should have known that he, you know, his responsibility had changed. Like when it's loud in Seattle stadium, Barton won't be able to communicate with that with him at the same time would 
it have helped for Barton to say, hey, we're 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 gonna have to change how we're playing our fire zone here, or like you know, you're be aware that I'm pushing with this, so you need to cover this. Yeah, 100%. And I don't think he did. Also, it's a hard assignment for Brooks, you know, Griff, in in that he has an A gap, but also a tight end corner route. Right. And I think that's just a bad call to be in for that concept. Um, even if he was aware of it and alert to it, I don't, I don't. And then you also had play action, right? You had, you had backfield mesh between the quarterback and the running back along with that a gap. It's just not ideal spacing. Like even when Bobby Wagner pushes on, I mean, he has a highlight reel of pushing on out routes when he's, when he's a linebacker and as the near hook defender, it's like, yeah, he's usually in a B gap or a C gap. And, you know, he's barely, he's barely making it out there. Right. On a lot of those. So Brooks is not only in an A gap, he has, he has play action. And then also he doesn't have an additional defender to leverage to because it's a fire zone. You have three underneath defenders instead of four. Um, that's just a bad call to be in. And it's kind of, it's kind of uh, you know, wrong place, wrong time. I think for, for um, Clint hurt to call that, but yeah. So this is, this is what plays out. You can see we have a cornerback out here who I haven't drawn, Tariq Woolen. He's, the way they play it, type third, you, you might hear it called, but he gets run off by the, the post. Um, Cody Barton is the seam curl flat player, which they call it in this new defense. So he's tasked with holding off the seam, so basically matching this guy deep, um, and then playing to the curl and then to the flat. How... That also you might hear called a hot to two player. We number receivers one, two, right? And he so he's playing hot to two, basically matching this two guy um, out and deep. However, because of this motion of Debo Samuel, um, it's like what we'd call a fast three. So one, two, three, right? And so Cody's like, I'm going to push with this, which is correct because it's a beater, right? So he pushes with this. So he leaves this two guy. So Jordan Brooks, who's the hot to three player, which is this guy's the three, right? He's the third receiver coming across. He now has a new number three because Cody has taken the new number two, okay? So then Brooks pushes over, except he didn't. He just dropped in the middle hook because as my light dies again, there's a there's an A-gap run fit up in here. He gets play action, which, you know, he doesn't bite on it, but he's his eyes are there. And then by this point, this tight end, which he's seen kind of bending up here, he runs like a sail route out and there's no one there for it, which sucks. So the now Seattle didn't do it this way, but the other way to defend this and Seattle has did this last year sometimes. Yeah. Is where you have Cody's sail underneath that too, or maybe even match it. But I think kind of sail and play top down and then Brooks would take the jet through to the flat. But that is still tough on him because he's also got the the backfield action right so even if he's holding for that his run run fit responsibility he's still probably out leveraged to the flat um and there's no guarantee that cody would have effectively gotten under that corner out route either so but but in, th in this case like you said it was brooks not being cognizant of exactly what it needed to do um would have at least given him a chance um yeah so. it, it sucks Th these things kind of happen i guess but um and then the, the the other big play is the Debo Samuel jet sweep where well not jet sweep sorry um the Debo Samuel uh sweep off like 
bash or counter bash, I don't know what we call that, uh, where Daryl Taylor, he has a tackle for loss. He just misses his tackle. So what we're talking about there is, you know, and Debo is special, right? What we're talking about there is two plays for 89 yards and a touchdown, plus, you know, Debo got them down into the red zone. I think they got a stop on that drive. I think that was the, play, the series that um, Trey Lance got hurt. But that that matters, right? Like, that really, really matters. Yeah. Now, before we get... we Before we descend too deep into the... Well, no, we're not being negative here. But some guys had good games this game. Uchenna and Wosu, I mean, that, what what a free agent signing. I mean, he's just he's a ball player. He makes plays in the run. He, he makes plays against the pass as a pass rusher. He had some really good just pure rushes. He makes plays like on the boot contain, uh, front side and back side. It's like in the run game. I mean, he's just doing all sorts of things. Um, they ended up putting him to the field because they wanted him playing the boot over Taylor because they probably trusted his tackling. Like in the second half, that was a little adjustment they made. I think they were more going left, right, and mm -hmm. not necessarily aligning him to the field, but because quarterbacks boot to their to their right so they can throw easier more often, right? So they were just making sure and mostly was on the left a little bit. Um, so they also uh, dropped him a bit more in coverage, like occasionally, which part of that is wanting Taylor to be the rusher, but also Nwosu is like really reliable in that kind of area. Right. Uh, the, the other side of it is in the, especially in the, the fourth quarter, I believe um, when I talked about continuity, like between nickel and, and um, like nickel in the corners and like zone responsibilities that got better too um, in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, it's just they're going to have to take their lumps with that because you just you need the reps. And this kind of it's I mean, I don't think they they fully anticipated Sidney Jones getting hurt already already burns, you know, pulling his groin, you know, like in August. Um, but so like Kobe Bryant, when when they decided to move on from Ugo Amadi, and I don't know exactly how that went down, but he probably wasn't getting the reps. And that's because they're playing so much Ripley's that they're playing more cover one. Uh, he can't hold up in that, but he was a terrific, you know, nickel zone defender in, in their two, especially their two high stuff. And they're giving up completions that they simply didn't give up uh, last year in that stuff. So, but Kobe Bryant had a couple of good reps in the fourth quarter, um, especially with Tariq Woolen, especially with a guy that has no continuity, um, whereas Mike Jack has a little bit, right? So uh, it's just, that's part of why they only gave up seven points in the second half. So it's uh, it was just kind of a story of them getting their their stuff together. Um, and then I thought, I thought the I, I thought Cody Bryant played really well in the first half, and then even better in the second half. Um, Cody Barton, sorry. Um, for for all the all the stuff that Shanahan was throwing at at guys with like the uh, different keys and stuff. You know, you, you've got pullers going front side, a, a, a jet going backside, then you've got the read element with, especially with, um, with Trey to start. I mean, Cody just cons consistently found himself in the right place um, and like fitting his gap. And even if he wasn't making the play, him fitting his gap affects the running back read, which allows someone yeah. else to make the play. Right. He so, I mean, he's really just aggressive downhill, like in a good sense. And he was like running over offensive linemen to get to the ball. Very violent, really good yeah. display. 
And on and there is a I think in the third quarter there is a bubble run where he knew that it was going to be another potential free release and behind an even front. I think it was the either a B gap bubble or a C gap bubble. I don't remember. But he just knew it was going to be a 320 pounder with the free release right on him. And he's already out leveraged pre-snap, like his alignment out leverages him. And he ends up beating the blocker to the punch. It's like him adapting. He's like, okay, I need to be the one to make the difference here. And he's he's that's Cody Barton being able to overcome a deficiency in front of him. So it's just it's good to have that at the second level. And Brooks cleaned up his play against the run of the second half. He he realized he had to backdoor some stuff if he was going to do anything. There was one play where he made like a tackle at the line of scrimmage that was really nasty. Um, and he backdoored the block, but he still he did it like like in a safe way, if you, if that makes sense. You know, like kind of making a judgment call because they don't want you backdooring. That's the other issue is it looks like linebackers are getting blocked all over the place on broadcast sometimes. But the only alternative is to go underneath the block. And yeah. the way the angles are, it's like you'll get chewed out in the film room if you do that too often. So sometimes you kind of have to get yourself blocked just so that your alignment is in the right spot so that the other defenders don't get misaligned trying to correct you being in the wrong spot. So, and again, it comes back to the defensive alignment having to replace like what that's a football term where like you're replacing the, the guard or the tackler or the center that leaves you so that you then have to make the play. Anyway, um, yeah. So overall, again, like it was a a fairly simple kind of game plan. Like they didn't have that much that they did, um, but then you know it would have worked. But the execution in the first half was poor. Uh, the cornerback group you, you mentioned about uh, linebackers. The cornerback group is was pretty solid you know as evidenced as you know we talked about how they were running some cover one stuff but or at least leaving them on islands a lot mainly i think for run fitting purposes but also in passing down situations like how, how did you evaluate the cornerback group um i think Tariq Woolen can cover really well i was a little disappointed he didn't he didn't contest that that drift route um mm. off play action better I really wanted to sh- see if he could he could play that one. Um, and then there was that other one where on that one third down, one of the third downs they did give up without a penalty um, on that outbreaker from a reduced split. And I think he just didn't read the break right because of the way that the, 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 they were in a stack and everything, and he was just kind of playing it safe. But then he almost um, recovered on that, you know? Yeah, he did. But like some of the deeper stuff, I thought he was playing it really well. Um, he, he's kind of he's providing what the scheme asks of the corner, the perimeter corner. So like, like he's he's not giving up the deep ball, and he he is really um competitive on on breaking stuff. So that's a good sign. I thought Michael Jackson played really well on those underthrown fade balls. Like they weren't open, but he's still getting flagged for it. That's really frustrating that they're rewarding just straight up bad quarterback play. Um, but uh, what are, what are, what are you seeing though? Yeah, Kobe. Same same stuff. Um, Kobe is just like he's roaring that he he doesn't he's adapting. I think to the NFL speed and like how fast NFL guys are compared. Like, and he was covering like Alabama's fastest dude, so it's not like he's not used to it. But the NFL way of attacking um, guys um, playing in the slot where there's a two way go uh, more often than he did in college. 
you know, it's all just tough. There's a lot going on for him. I think it will just slow down eventually. Well, that's the hope, right? But this is all good learning moments for him. Uh, and then, yeah, Tariq Woolen's special. Like, he's very up and down in the there's patchy moments too uh, from, again, his lack of exposure and experience. But his recovery athleticism, is it, it gives him such a high ceiling. But also, he is like adapting to things like he's crack replacing on tight wheel six when they, they run str- to the strong side. So he's in a quarter. Um, yeah. So he's thinking coverage first, but then he sees Nwosu get crack backed and then he fits in. Uh, he's he's like on a nub formation. He's fitting inside the B-gap bubble and turning back a pulling guy on like a wind back toss. Like he's like doing stuff against the run, which we didn't really get to see him show in college too often. Uh, so. I, you know, he, he doesn't know what he doesn't know, but in a way that's right. kind of a good thing. Cause he's just going out there and he's making plays. He's playing Jackson. I think, uh, I'm undecided on like, there are a few throws where it didn't get thrown at him, but he's like straight up, like underneath so just... he's given up a lot. Um, yeah, right. But he, he's, I, all I right. like, he's all yeah. right. Like he's all right. Yeah. He, he, he's kind of, he's fine. Right. It's, it's and... a big few weeks for him really. And I think they want, Think they want Sydney back out there left corner, but Pete said he's the third guy at the moment. You, you say that, but then yeah, he's the clear third guy according to Pete. Yeah. Um, and who knows, maybe Sydney doesn't maybe not in you know, the time between the last time he played meaningfully, maybe he's not the same guy, you know. Um, but anyway. Um maybe. So the other thing here is the offense offense we have the offense to talk about why griffin did they stall they stalled because they got outplayed everywhere Oof. um i mean they got outplayed uh pete was i think pete's trying to manifest a little bit he was like you know the protection's okay um the protection was actually pretty bad uh charles cross did not have a good game um and like I, you don't need to panic because he's going to be very good like i have no doubt he just needs to find his footing you know and everything will be fine abraham lucas played okay i mean he played all right uh the interior if it wasn't haynes it was you know it was uh Blythe, and if it wasn't Blythe, it was gabe jackson you know um i still have hope for the interior to, to be fine um Blythe didn't like lose bad. He was just like getting, he was just getting bull rushed a little bit off of awkward angles. Um, but so, all right. So the, they, they didn't scheme aggressively in the sense that, well, they didn't go deep very much. Um, w- within those play calls though, I think it's important to understand that Gino's process was aggressive within what was called. Like he had opportunities to turtle up and be more careful with the ball um but like he went for it in some context so like uh, the one dig route to lock it really had 10 players on the field like that's really good quarter like that's the quarterback trying to get everything he can out of the look um as possible but good, good example of that is that uh third and a mile shot to metcalf which resulted in the interception which came back for defensive pass interference where he's looking at Lockett's sit route against cover three uh fully knowing that he ain't going to throw that. He's just reading the weak hook defender cover three who's come down to lock it. And so yeah. he knows there's a window to throw the, the skinny post to Metcalf behind, which there was. 
Like right. he could have just checked it down over the middle and then they punt. But no, he's like trying to push the ball down the field when the roots are down the field, which, you know, Pete Carroll's comments, which we covered in yesterday's podcast, but um, oh my God, this is a disaster. Hold on. <laughs> Next time I will actually charge my uh, things. Uh, I'll be, <laughs> but anyway, I'll just finish my point. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Pete Carroll's comments about letting Gino cook almost, like pushing the ball down the field, all of that stuff. Um, Coolmore so... reached downfield and he'll take them. He, he, he was near perfect from a process standpoint again. And just because the results weren't there from the overall offense, and we'll get to why that was, but like Gino as a quarterback was fine. So yeah, there, there are, there are a lot of teams around the league that have like quarterback problems and you kind of point to like, well, he missed a read here, you know, he, or he didn't, he read it right, but then he wasn't operating quick enough. Um, you know, where it's like, oh, this, I mean, this quarterback's having a meltdown, et cetera. Like Seattle doesn't have that problem at quarterback. Gino is like, he, he, he rarely made, I don't think he made a single like bad decision. I don't think he misread a coverage once. Um, like he's, he's operating really well. Like he was setting protections well. And like, that's why Pete is saying what he's saying about him. It's because they, they have a quarterback that is like doing what the play call asks. Um, and so, in order to, in order to get going, you can't be having those those negative plays that you had, like in the run game, like the the tackles for loss, um, and and the penalties were setting them back and putting themselves in really bad situations. And and while I think Gino has average arm strength with above average accuracy, it's not an arm talent that you want to put behind the sticks, especially against that pass rush. Um, that interception, for example, that's an example of him. The, the, the interception that wasn't called back. That's an example of him being able to access an explosive within the structure of a play that is not necessarily oriented around getting getting deep. Um, and so like he moves off the front side of the concept. Goodwin ran the wrong route, by the way, as, as we came to learn from Pete. Um, and had he not r- ran the wrong route, he would have ran something vertical and the free safety, the deep safety would have been nowhere near the play to make a make an interception. It just would have been a, um, a pass breakup. Um, but then you see Gino transition snap back to the backside of the play, knowing and in reading the play, knowing he has a one-on-one because he knows that they're spinning to one high instead of showing too high pre-snap. So he knows he has lock at one-on-one. That's in the back of his mind. He doesn't even have to see it. Then he looks to lock it and he's targetable. And then he fires it and it's underthrown and intercepted. But the reason why it's underthrown is because his center is getting walked back and he his base is being disrupted, meaning he can't he can't set his feet the way he wants to. Then on top of that, he also can't follow through 100 percent It was like a three-quarter follow-through. Gino has the arm strength and the accuracy to make that throw, no problem, but he doesn't have the arm strength to make that play when he can't fully get the ball off the way he'd like to. There are some quarterbacks in the league that can. Gino's not one of them. So the whole premise behind Gino is with his decision making and with what arm talent he does have, he can make the the offense like we talked about last week. He can get you an above average average offense if the play around him is average or better, right? So when when the pass rush is as it was, he can't get the ball downfield. Now, there that said, he he was I think, and this kind of further leans into Pete's point about why they have trust in Gino, is that he was under fire all game. I think he got hit like six or seven times and that was with getting the ball out. 
And that was with him avoiding more hits with pocket work, avoiding more sacks with pocket work. So, I mean, like they've, of all of, of all like the, um, kind of like the classic things you talk about quarterbacks, like he's checking off so many boxes. And that's why I think Pete rem- continues to be confident in him. Um, and they just have to open it up. So like, what does open it up really mean? Yeah. Um, I think that means uh, like more DK to the boundary, like just when they get single coverage, just mm. throw, throwing it. Um, as as for like as for like design shot plays in their under center and their pistol offense, and we'll talk about pistol, which they kind of use as under center, kind of use as shotgun, and kind of uses pure drop back, et cetera, and and uses a run formation. Right? Um, they were running like that Yankee con- constraint, right? Like deep post with with the cross instead of a cross it's like a deep whip and, and Lockett returns back yeah um he hit Lockett on one of them and then he had Lockett on another one but then the protection the auxiliary the 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 fullback didn't block it blower didn't block it so Gino scrambles and hits Lockett anyway on that on that deep one which of course DJ Dallas throws an interception after so then they can't Gino can't get rhythm and everything um but so what they did call what they did call that was aggressive for the most part, Gino executed. Um, yeah, and it wasn't much, by the way. Like that's not to wasn't. say he wouldn't have executed more, but like there wasn't as much as there could have been. Um, and then what hurts him in the second half, right? You know, drive six to start the second half. They go three and out. Where they go three and out because Penny misses a block on Bosa, but also is sprint out away from Joey Bosa. So I don't know why they released the backside tight end to Bosa anyway. Just keep him in and block Joey Bosa, double team him. But Penny misses the block, so Gino gets sacked because he doesn't have time to get it to the open locket. Uh, then you're second and 18, so you're checking down. Your third and 11 is just short of the, the first down after the right read of the coverage. Like drive seven, um, you go three and out again. Uh, you go run, 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 where... Um, your quarterback, like keeper on the quarterback bash, quarterback power, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Metcalf whiffs on his block. Like he should have made the block. He didn't. Then <laughs> drive eight. <laughs> uh, uh, this is start of the fourth quarter. Now <laughs> you're going uh nice Gino process, hitting Lockett on a, on a, on a passing play. Uh, nice Gino process, finding the check down after Gabe Jackson got beat around the edge by a wide three tech rush nice Gino process hitting Tyler Lockett for the first down against cover four then you go run on the first and ten Haynes loses front side tackle for loss uh you go um (laughs) you go second and 12 so from that resulting tackle for loss you go drive combination where I think Walker runs the route wrong uh Gino also is pressured because um uh, Jackson lost again in the pocket, which saw you know kind of put a bit too much heat on it. So then you're in third and twelve, uh, and then they they ran a game, which meant Gino got sacked, so he didn't have time to get it off. And and then the game's done, right? Because you're you're already twenty nil down basically, and drive drive nine is is happening during a bad period. So really, like, uh, it's just frustrating because it's it's like all all these little things uh sort of added up where there's like litany of execution errors around Gino which just didn't allow him to play in like take advantage of the stuff they're giving him but also like he showed that he's ready for more and he just didn't quite get given it but then he may have been given it if it had the opportunities they they did play a lot more cover three than I thought they did 
but it was yeah. all off coverage. Like it was only in passing situations really yeah. where they went more middle field open. Right. Um, so it's part of their, so what success they did have in the pure drop back game, it was for the most part going to lock it and such, right. They need to get, they need to get Noah Fant going, um, especially working the middle more because Gina will throw that. Um, and I, I just like his his speed and size into the window, even if he's not like the best high po- pointer or maximizing his catch radius. I just think he needs to be involved. Um, and I don't know, like, do they do they work more tighter split stuff, uh, which is kind of kind of what Diamond Pistol does for them. Mm. Um, I just think they need to they they need to not scheme scare and like a, a lot of these plays were stalled by them scheming scared and thinking they're going to execute like with the, with the the quarterback option game right like they did that was getting a little too cute and i thought maybe because they had that practice because um and like the wildcat stuff they maybe they practiced it this past week because they were expecting bad weather but it's like my thinking is even if the design of the play is sound in a snapshot my thinking is just let give gino a drop back let him read out let him read out the play and 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 let let him work because that's that's what he does best really um let him cook let let gino cook um especially in the areas that that he does do best in so i just feel like it's waldron not needing to hold back and we're not even talking with the deep stuff we're talking like the intermediate oriented intermediate oriented stuff so that's where i'm at with it um you know, it's, I really don't, the issues they had wasn't really sourced to Gino. Um, oh, so. yeah. The drive seven as well. The reason that they were, they, they had a, they had a, a six yard run, right, on first and 10. Uh, and then the next play, they go into two by two, right? And you've mentioned the play, they had 10 people on the field, which is more an aptitude. They go in 12 personnel pair trips, shift to like a two by two ace look. And they leave Joey Bosa like literally unblocked into Travis Homer. I just, I can't believe it wasn't a fumble, and and I can't believe it wasn't for loss. So it's second and four to third and four. But it's like, how are we leaving Bosa unblocked? I think Lucas thought he was running wide zone left, and it was actually wide zone right. And so Lucas went and helped. They triple teamed the defensive yeah. tackle and left Joey Bosa unblocked. Um, it's like little things like that, like so many mistakes like just missed blatant like missed assignments around the the offense it's just so it's frustrating but it's also like reassuring in a way because it's like there's no way that they play that bad again no. like no, how on earth that's not going to happen now and the fact that gino stayed calm within all that and was like still, still he didn't force the issue he still read out things um i guess we should talk about his interception um well we, we did a little bit that was when you were you were um, freestyling on your desk. I was knocking um, a glass of water over. I think so. Actually. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it's all good though. Like, uh, life is fine. I, I had mentioned how he kind of deduced pre-snap because he saw the nickel coming down. The nickel was capped. How it looked, they presented too high, and then they were spinning to one high. And his post-snap process reflected that he knew that without even seeing what Lockett was doing. He knew he had a one-on-one with him. And then I mm. talked about the Blythe pressure, pressure or getting pressured from Blythe's rusher pressuring right. him. Well, now he can't doesn't have the arm talent to overcome not being able to step into his throw mm. the way he wants no. to. No, but then Ka- Ka- Carol says like how right. they had a missed assignment. Like 
if you look at the uh, at the Gino pick play, if you go back, you can see it on the TV copy as well. Marquis Goodwin in the slot runs an out route right into DK Metcalf. Right. Now, if Mark Goodwin flat, just right? runs up, yeah, he runs into the flat. If he just runs up slightly, even if it's on a hitch, he just commands the attention of the backside safety, uh, Gibson, I think it was. And the backside safety, because his two is out, even though he's playing the cover two deep half, as soon as your two's out and you're you you're you kind of um looking to one and Metcalf's already turned back. So he can just basically push to the other side of the field. Yeah, that if if Goodwin runs the right route there, uh, based on the coverage, then the, the pick doesn't happen it because it's tipped and it just falls incomplete. And you're like, ooh, that was a close one. Uh should also say that um Hufanga is an unbelievable looking player at the moment. He's really suited good. to their how earth, they play yeah. football. Like the way they blitz him and then play him in the quarters is really exciting for them. And his run support is insane too. Yeah, like wow. Um, what a what a player. And they had a play where in in the pistol full house formation, which I think does have a purpose. For what we've said I, it, this week against cover three, it it created nice one on ones for them against the zone. But also like, but 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 they had a play where they just um left Hufanga unblocked off a blitz off the edge. Yeah. Like, they just yeah. didn't even block it. No one blocked him because of the blocking scheme of uh, the zone concept um, not working. Was, it, was that was that on the was that like on the the boot right? No, that's a separate oh. play. But oh. but again, like <laughs> there's no, so yeah. many errors yeah. we can get into. So yeah, uh, a bit more positive again watching the offense because Gino's process, despite all of this, remained accurate and his, because... his poise remained. And the, the reason why we're positive is because we assume that they're no, the everyone around him is never going to have that bad of a game again, right? Yes. Or at least not all at the same time. So then if Gino's process and everything he's doing continues to project forward, then theoretically they should be scoring more points. Uh, and, and it's a lot. It's hard to not improve on scoring zero offensive points anyway. Mm. But I mean, they're a team that any given week should be able to get into the 20 plus range. They have that in them. That doesn't mean they'll always do it, but that they have that in them. And I still think that soon enough, we could start to think of them as an above average offense. And I do. So my my prediction for the season is that, well, I'll go average. My prediction for the season is that I think they have enough on the bone where they can be an average offense. Um, And then that means they're going to have games better than average and games worse than average, but I don't think they need to have, they may not have another disaster game in them. Um, so that's Hopefully how I not. feel about it. Just like, because when your quarterback is, is that consistent in decision-making yeah, that goes for so much. And that does not necessarily mean conservative. Like, again, I thought relative to what was schemed and called, yeah, it wasn't, he was aggressive he was, within he was, that. He's pushing it downfield when the play and the opportunity allows itself. He's not, right. it's, it's the same thing we saw in the preseason. And, he's, still, and, he's still taking the chances which are there. Right. And, and granted, scheme generally flows from quarterback skill set. So, so yeah, you don't go deep with him like you do with Russell Wilson. Like you can't throw 50-yard fades and 50-yard posts with him. Right. But you can still call more than what Waldron did. And he will throw that and he'll throw it within structure. Again, like I said earlier, where it's not necessarily the primary focus of the play, he'll progress to a deep shot that is there if the defense gives it to him. Well, like when he found Tyler Lockett on the on the improvised uh, right. route where basically basically his play action, um, 
he gets Lockett's coming open. It's a seven man protection. The protection messes up. Uh, Disney gets squeezed down and allows allows uh, pressure before Gino can hit Lockett. So Gino rolls right calmly. Lockett's on the same page as him from an improvisation standpoint. Gino lofts the football uh, very quickly to lock it, it quick enough that the defenders can't break on it and it's complete for a big play. That's the drive where I think they ended up doing the weird wildcat thing. Like other other first like first half errors because we haven't been through them, but like sec first and ten wide zone. Um, you you call twenty one personnel eye formation against the bare front, and then you call weak wide zone. So you have a situation where you're running into a no bubble defense, which is just a disaster, um, and there's no space for it. So that's for a one yard loss. Then on the second and eleven, they try that RPO that they did against the Broncos middle field open, but Kenneth Walker goes the wrong way. Like, <laughs> so then you're in third and twelve, and that's that's yeah. amazing. And then they can just sit back. Like third and twelve against defenses ain't a winning formula. It, it, even Seattle's defense, like, you're, you're not going to win against a team in third and eleven. So like, and then and then even the two minute drill, like that they have at the end of the half, they have no timeouts, and they have like one minute thirty left. Like. You can't do that much when they're just going to sit off you, and you've got like not the best field position anyway. Like, it's just so annoying because, yeah, I don't know. So they had yeah. like one good drive in the game where they didn't have any errors, which ended with a pick. Uh, <laughs> and then the, even the penalties, like the the lineman downfield thing to negate the big Metcalf shot, like, man, that's an error. Like it, it's yeah. it's a mistake. So I right. don't know. They're, so... They'll be all right. So one one last thing. So this this diamond pistol stuff where we're talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Let's delve meeting. into that a bit more. So so pistol obviously being where the you're the quarterback's in shotgun, but the running back is behind the quarterback, and then you've got two two guys in the backfield flanking the quarterback. So um, really forming a triangle, um, but that we call a diamond pistol um, because if you think about it, if the quarterback was under center, it would form a diamond. But then if you put him into the shotgun, now it's no longer a diamond, but they call it diamond pistol. So that to emphasize the quarterbacks and pistol. Anyway, you guys get the picture. Um, and I'm sure you guys did anyway before that. Uh, so what's cool about it is again, they, this game, they ran, they ran, um, you can run out of it. And so you're, you're they're running out of it enough. Again, it's like a 50-50 split where the defense is treating you like it's essentially under center. So they're, which means really they're playing one high. They're trying to be gapped out. Um, so if they're running out of it, that means they can run, turn your back, play action out of it. And they, they hit a couple of, they had one, I think, play action concept hit off of this. Mm-hmm. And then also they're running just pure drop back out of it. And why that's important is because if they're treating it like it's under center and they're not only they're aligning to you, like they're expecting a run or play action pass, it it influences their person, the defensive personnel, and it influences individual defenders like thinking and keying. It's all about tendency. Then you get into pure drop back. You have an advantage because the pass rush isn't as juiced up. And the defenders are, are, are their alignments and their drops. They're thinking other things. So like they hit, they hit Tyler Lockett on the 14 yard curl route out of it. Gino did. Um, so that means that like the concepts themselves are fairly vanilla or they don't have to get more complicated than that. Well, and it's hard to make them more complicated when you only have two right, like, instant receivers out there. That too. That too. 
But it's just, it gives them a, an advantage from a tendency standpoint because defenses, they want to chart you. They want to put what you do in the buckets and categorize you so that that can inform what they need to do. You're using that information against them if you can sell that you're trying to be an under center team when you're in pistol. And this is just one back pistol too. But then if you can also call your pure drop back that gives you an advantage, you can be more efficient on average when you do, do just call a straight drop back with no play action out of it. So, yep. you know. It, and then it also it, gives them options on second and short because you can run gap stuff and take advantage of the front. Uh, they just yeah, need no, to block that better. And it's cool how you can you can sometimes have running backs and a fullback there, and you can sometimes use the tight ends in it. But um, right, I feel like just because of the Walker forty personnel wildcat pistol, uh, where Dallas threw the pick, like it's easy to then lump in the rest of this with it. But that's not the same deal. Like this, when this Gino's is, back there, exactly. <laughs> like, you have an actual guy who can throw. Um. Anyway, so Falcons preview. And Falcons. the the Atlanta Falcons, or Falcons, as I say. Do I say Falcons? No, I say Falcons. I do. Are you a scallop guy or a scallop guy? Scallop. Yeah? Yeah. How do you guys say shallots? I'm a... I'm a oh, you went like this. Uh, shallot. Okay, very interesting. Mm -hmm. So, like, people from, I think... Certain parts of like the Northeast, especially on the coast, they say shallots and they say scallops, I think, or scallops. Wow. So I'm I'm a I'm a Boston guy. Did you know there's a population in Boston? Yeah. And I think there were Tories that or, or loyalists. Oh. Sorry, that's not the word. They were okay. loyalists during yep. the Revolutionary War. Yep. And they, mm -hmm. they 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 <laughs> you'll love this man. They speak with English accents. Like there's a very a very no, small population. Sure. No, no, they're not. Really? Like, yeah. Still. Yeah, they're wow, all very I'm gonna old. Wow, I'm going to check that out. Um, Where they don't speak with English accents is Atlanta. I've been to the airport. It was it was fine. I had, uh, I can't remember the name. It was like an Atlanta fast food thing. It wasn't Chick-fil-A. It was like a burger restaurant. It was like a three out of ten burger. So, But like they were very proud that it was from Atlanta or, you know, the advertising was. Anyway, the Falcons or Falcons... They are a uh, bad defense based on the numbers so far and a uh, pretty good running attack, which is helped by Marcus Mariota. Uh, so if we start their offense, you know, Kyle Pitts and then Drake London is just two crazy mismatches in terms of just height, weight, speed. And it's what I was saying with Ty yesterday is like, you might be tempted to ask Tariq Woolen to go shadow one of those guys, but then there's also the other one there. Now, Pitts hasn't been as productive in the first two weeks as someone would expect, and it's getting a lot of attention. But they're, they're trying to run him deep, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. What, so, what do you see out of them? Is the defense going to be okay? Like, is it? It's a good test, really, after uh, the 49ers game to right the wrongs of the run D. Yeah, for sure. It's a good test for that, and it's also a good test of their... If, if they want to play more too high, because they did start to play more one high, right? As the game went on against the Niners, it's a good test of their play action defense to be able to see how the safeties kneel down because they're going to get a lot of, especially intermediate middle play action, right? Um, so it'll be a good test of that, be a good test of fundamentals from the defensive line to kind of man up, like Quandre Diggs said, just play better, right? Um, but then also they're going to have the quarterback option game again. So we'll, we'll see what they feel compelled, how they feel compelled to, to match that. 
Um, Maybe we see Nickel Bear. Like, <laughs> hopefully. Come on. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Is it because they thought Adams was re required for that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then their the, defense, Dean Pease. Dean, so uh, on the yeah, on the flip side, do you like Pease? I'll give vegetable? it a chance. You'll give them a chance. Yeah. Really? You don't, yeah, that sounds like you don't like peas. That's so messed up. That's a I'd say a pun. Um, <laughs> do you guys know that Edward Gorey? I think it was Edward Gorey. Um, do you guys? What, I like how you say that as though like, I speak for all of Britain. Speaking, no, speaking of the audience, there's an Edward Gorey, I think it's Edward Gorey, like cartoon or comic where it's John Lennon as a kid and his mom's like, Come on, John, give peas a chance. And he's sitting there not wanting to eat his peas, ho, 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 green ho, ho. peas. That's very good. Um, that was where I was first exposed to that pun because I know it's a very common pun. Oh, I didn't know it was common. There, there's me being unoriginal again. And talking of unoriginal. So they they do end up playing a lot of one high. They play a lot of man. They, they play they send their man pressures and man blitzes and stuff. So there will be opportunities theoretically one-on-ones downfield to hit, to link up with Lockett on the deep cross and to link up with DK Metcalf down the sideline. Um, now they do disguise things. They do, they do still play too high. They'll play too high pressures as well. Right. Um, so it's, it's going to be a lot of like, I think they'll benefit by, well, I was going to say they'd benefit by slowing the game down and spend as much time pre-snap to undress it. So I think Gino's good at that. But at the same time, if they play hurry up, they might straight up take them out of some calls too to where they simplify. So I actually... Pete I described them as multiple. Um, I think some tempo wouldn't go amiss though, given you know what we've <coughs> been talking about, excuse me, you know, cutting Gino loose and, and uh, you know, trusting him, believing in what we've actually seen. Right. Some tempo might, there's a time and a place for that, and it might be this Sunday. Uh, again, the Seahawks are underdogs. Uh, again, a lot of people are picking against them. They're not 10 point underdogs, though. I think I saw it 6.5. And uh, that, again, at home, that seems pretty, pretty uh, strong. But um, we'll, we'll see. We didn't mention with the 49ers game how bad the officiating was. Now, they're, they're again, they're a perfect storm. Their officiating luck won't be as bad. Uh, this game surely not like there's so much holding there's a play which i tweeted out where there's two blocks in the back uh and a hold on kobe bryant and i think also uh Brooke, a lot of people were saying that brooks was held i didn't quite see that but they were like you know they were getting away with it and then they kept doing it which why wouldn't you um surely it won't be that bad anyway i digress that game's been and gone we look forward to our next show where we will talk about the Atlanta Falcons game or Falcons game, uh, recap it live for you on my channel. So that'd probably be about, oof, let's use some maths here or math. Um, probably like four Pacific time, um, 4 PM. So do please join us then. Thank you for everyone who joined us live right now. We appreciate you. We see your comments. Sorry. We didn't get to any questions. There's 
a few good ones here, but we've been going over an hour and I've spilt water all over my desk and I'm starting to worry like that it might have like damaged some things, but hopefully not. Uh, until next time, please do like the video if you're watching on YouTube and comment. That really helps us with the whole algorithm. Uh, and if you're listening to us, we, we appreciate you all the same. Please do uh, subscribe to the podcast, uh, follow it, share it among your friends. We're really trying to build some traction with this. Follow the podcast, Twitter at, at Seattle Overload. If I just uh, go here, you'll be able to see Griffin's at, which is at C Mike's Spin Move, the legendary running back, and my at, at Matty F. Brown. Uh, until the next Overload, thank you everyone for watching and joining us. 2716 Seahawks. Oh, yes, and a prediction. Uh, I, I agree with Griff. I match Griff. There we go. Oh, okay, well. Wow.